Welcome, welcome to the Shopway Show. I'm so happy that you joined me yet again here, 7 p.m. on the East Coast. Um, I think I have a pretty interesting take this evening. Something a bit different. I hope that some of you will enjoy. And the piece is I'm trying to maybe show that what we're going through right now isn't as crazy as we might think it is, or maybe it actually is. And that maybe some sci-fi writers from, I don't know, 60 years ago, uh, figured this out already. I mean, it's possible they already figured the whole thing out. Of course, if, if you are not a, I'm going to do Star Trek. Why? Because yesterday was May the 4th, you Star Wars people. I like Star Wars too. I like Star Wars also. I'm just saying, Star Trek's cool also. And I'm old school. I'm an, I'm an old man, so I like the original Star Trek. But the new ones are fine too. Not all of them. But some of them are fine. Please make sure you like, comment, share. And I do want to show you some stuff which I think is very interesting. I've told you before that I feel like America right now is two groups basically evenly matched, prepared to fight each other almost to the death, getting deeper and deeper into ideological warfare, while the elites keep making money, getting stronger, getting faster, the, the wealth gap keeps growing, regardless whether Democrat or Republicans in charge. And the people who are struggling keep struggling, regardless of whether there's a Democrat or Republican in charge, doesn't change. Either way, they keep growing and we don't. The average person is not growing as much as they could or as much as they should. And we feel like we have to keep fighting each other and not like. We have to fight the the elites that are in the government and in large corporations. It's like we don't if we we don't feel like we have to, and we should. And I feel this has been brought up in the past. We're very similar to when one side takes over, then the pendulum swings back, and then the other one fights back, and that keeps happening, but nothing is changing. I want to show you a piece if I could. I think you'll enjoy this. You maybe you'll you'll see what I mean. This is the beginning of a Star Trek episode. And this episode sets the tone a couple seconds, and I'm going to have to keep talking to it. Otherwise, I might get removed off YouTube or Facebook. I'm hoping that I don't. And going to kind of explain how this begins. You'll see a parallel immediately. In this case, so I can prep it for you. In this case, the Enterprise, which is the good guys, the Federation, the good guys. Yes, I'm air quoting. The good guys are landing on a planet because they believe that this human colony has been destroyed. But there's no record of it. So why would it be destroyed? But supposedly this human colony has been destroyed by the bad guys. So here we go. Scan. Results negative. Radiation level normal. Yep. Atmosphere and terrain are undisturbed. No evidence of a colony nor any residual after effect of a forest. You got to love the old school effects. They had a green screen up there to put like bogus stuff like stars and stuff there. They didn't bother putting anything on the green screen. They just said, let's just make the planet's atmosphere green and we'll just leave the green screen blank. Just, they saved some cash. But you hear what he's saying, right? He's going, look, there's no evidence of anything. This is clearly bogus. Might have annihilated it. Live readings, Dr. McCoy? Nothing. They said they were being attacked by an unidentified ship. That's what they said. You are unable to detect upon approach. That's the bad guy. An entire human colony. That, that, that's the bad alien. He's going to, he's going to, yeah, the bad guy. But now they're like, well, what happened? The whole settlement. 100 men, women, and children. And this is the point. 
it's always men, women, and children, innocent people. Doesn't the bad guy always slaughter innocent people? The bad guy never fights like in the, you know, like a champion with you. The bad guy always has to slaughter innocent people. Always. They're always cowards who slaughter innocent people. I want you to realize something. This episode was made in 1969. Yes, that's when this episode came out. It was made maybe in 68. So it was made in 68, came out in 69. This came out in 1969. And already it's the, the bad guys who kill innocent people. Why? Why do these people do it? Okay. Spock here, Captain. Of the course. have picked up a Klingon ship closing fast. So now a Klingon ship comes in. They have zero evidence that the Klingons did it. And the Klingons come in after it. So what's their assumption? Klingons are bad guys because they're our enemies. So clearly they're the ones who did it. No evidence. Let's be mad. Protect yourselves. Total reply of attack. Total reply. Wipe these boys out. Trouble avoid the Klingon ship. Absolutely. Evidence of explosions. Massive destruction. Everything's bad. Blowing up. Here come the Klingons. They're mad too. So here they come. They're mad. We never fired upon her. So no one's firing each other. The these guys didn't fire on the Klingons. The Klingons didn't fire on them. So nobody fired on anybody. To be clear, no one fired on anybody. Maintaining red alert. <clears throat> right to violence. Attack my ship. A hundred of my crew dead. Kirk. Mm -hmm. Ship is disabled. Yeah. I claim yours. Yours. You are now prisoners of the Klingon Empire against which you have committed a wanton act of war. Now, the reason why I bring that up just to set this up for you is because look at this. To be clear, these are just two in their own worlds. They're just two military officers, right? The equivalent of, of captains of a ship or colonels of a regiment or whatever the case may be. That's all they are. And with that in mind, and with that in mind, all they immediately go to act of war, violence, attacking each other immediately. When you have that kind of environment, even within us, meaning Republicans, Democrats, whatever, as soon as something goes wrong, we start attacking. Act of war. Let's go to yelling and screaming. Let's not talk. Yeah, but in this case, it's the evil alien who's actually doing it. There's been no attack from either side. And that happens all the time. Now, some of you already get mad at me and saying, I see it already. I see it. Star Trek also predicted a socialist utopia. Yeah, look, this to be clear. Gene Roddenberry, the guy who made Star Trek, total socialist. No question. Does it mean his writers weren't brilliant? Right? Come on, Steve. It doesn't mean his writers weren't brilliant. They were completely brilliant. But yes, he was a socialist. Guilty as charged. I'm not, I'm not saying he was it. I'm just saying, you know, we, he can still... He can still be, uh, his writers can still be brilliant, even though um, he was clearly a socialist. Yes. So, yes, either way, let me move past it if I can. Um, Drew Simmons says, can you turn on Voyager? Jamie was the best captain. These aren't, you know, these aren't, um, I, I'm, I might go to Voyager maybe if I found something that was decent. I don't just want to show you guys Star Trek. That's not the goal. The goal is to show that this is a, it's a similar spot here and that in the back years ago, there were many sci-fi people who were actually predicting this and it was right. 
right? And and it was right. So I'm going to go to the next piece if I can. This is the second piece. Here's this part's really important. I'm going to show you now. I'll set it up for you. I don't want you have to watch the whole show. I'm going to set this piece up for you. These Klingons get on the ship. The alien that you saw sets up a situation to where now there's exactly 40 and 40. There's 40 Federation guys and 40 um, Klingons, and they're about to fight each other, right? And they're fighting each other. They all have swords, and the alien uses his alien magic to turn all of the phasers into swords that can hack each other up. And now they're locked up in a battle to fight each other. So they're like, what happened? They don't understand what happened. So now they're like, how do we fix this? How do we fix what do we do here? They don't even know. And here's what they talk about when they're stuck fighting in, in on the ship like this. Captain, neither the Klingon technology nor mm -hmm. ours is capable of this. Right? Remember, the, ma the, magic, the, the, the alien magic turns the phasers into swords. So Spock's saying, it can't be Klingons. It can't be us. Something's going on. He's a logical one. He's going, this guy isn't... These aren't our enemies here. Right? Because they can't do us. Instantaneous transmutation of matter. I doubt that they are responsible. Any Look at other that. logical candidate? None. And so once he says, okay, who is it? Right? Any other logical candidate? None. Oh, must be Klingons. Let's go back to killing again. However, if they had such power... Would they not have used it to create more effective weapons mm -hmm. and only for themselves? More logic. Let me give you some logic. How many times have you heard me tell you? You cannot solve an emotional problem with a logical answer. Spock is throwing facts at this guy. Can't be them. It's not the Klingons. They're not your enemy. And, and, and Kirk's like, but I want to kill Klingons. So, so now watch this. Of engineering. Now, why this is amazing, and this is going to sound cheesy, but you got to realize something here. This is the 60s. And at the same time that this was on, there were other shows like um, like uh, Lost in Space or like uh, The Green Hornet, Batman, those sort of things were on at this time. And the idea that you would have an Asian character take charge, be in control, and you would have black characters or main characters this was like magical in 1968. This was like an amazing thing. And auxiliary control. I see. Kicked in. Mr. Chekhov. Watch this one. Mr. Chekhov, as you were. Chekhov, sir! Let me go, too. Watch this one. Now he doesn't care. I don't care about you guys. I'm a rebel. I'm going to go kill these people. Why? This is no time for a vendetta. Maintain your post. Captain. Chekhov, maintain your post. Don't try to stop me, Captain. Uh-oh, he's out. I saw what they left of Pyotr. You watched it. I swore on his grave I would avenge his murder. Uh, so, I'm going to avenge his murder. What you see constantly in this one is the idea that violence is the answer to violence. But in the end, it shows it's not. And this is what I keep saying. It's not that I don't feel, you know, I want revenge. Of course I feel the same things everyone else feels. But I go back to Gandhi. An eye for an eye, and we all go blind. And he's like, I'm going to go. Yeah, I need vengeance. Now, watch what happens to this. Watch Sulu. He's like, what's up here? I don't get it. What's Chekhov's grudge against the Klingons? Yeah, I don't get it. What's up? Piotr. Who's this guy? His only brother killed in the Klingon raid. His brother? He never had a brother. He's an only child. It's a made-up story. Haven't we seen this before? Grievance and anger for something that doesn't affect you at all. Grievance and anger that's made up. 
I'm going to get those guys because I feel bad. Stories that we tell each other that don't even make any sense. Yeah, the alien is simply making stuff up. Yeah, you're mad at them because they did this thing that never happened. Sulu, get down to engineering. I see. Doesn't know how to Here act. Is the captain. Find Mr. Chekhov and bring him to the bridge. Captain. Yeah. Why would, why would Chekhov believe he has a brother? Why? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But he does. And now he wants revenge for a non-existent loss. This is a critical piece. And now he wants revenge for a non-existent launch. I want to say again, loss, I'm sorry. This is 1968. How many people do you know? Have you seen? Have you spoken to? Who wants some kind of revenge against the left, a revenge against the right, a revenge against the this, or we're going to get him for a loss that isn't even a loss. For a pain that isn't even a pain. There's no real, there's no victim and they somehow want revenge or worse, they want revenge when someone else is angry, right? And, I, and I'll bring this up when it comes to the most recent one was when the 16-year-old girl who was trying to stab the other girl was shot by the cop. I get if the mom, the mother of that daughter is angry and wants revenge. That's your daughter. And you are going to be angry and blame the world no matter what. You lost your daughter. There is no logic involved. You are emotional. I get it. I would be the same way. And probably all of you would be too. You'd be angry and you'd want revenge. It's your daughter. You don't care about logic. Makes total sense. I'm not mad at the mom or the mother or whatever for that. I'm not. That's human nature. But the bystanders, they want revenge for a loss. It wasn't their daughter. They didn't feel anything. It didn't hurt them. And they're as mad as the mom? No. Remember the story I brought you about the one guy who uh, who uh, um, who was in jail and then the woman who he actually shot, the woman who he shot forgave him? And he was he and she's the one who petitioned to get him out of prison because he spent what is it? I forgot what it was 15 years, whatever it was, in prison. He was convicted. So 20 years in prison, he was convicted as an adult at at 13 years old, and he got life without parole. And the woman who he shot at as an idiot 13-year-old kid being influenced by bigger kids, he shot her and she forgave him and said, Get this guy to prison. He spent too much time in prison. Give him a shot at life. She did it, and people were angry. You don't get to be angrier than the woman he shot. You just don't. He shot her. She forgives him. You can walk away. This is the thing that I wanted to bring up. This concept of just, I'm angry because I'm angry. I'm so angry and I'm mad. This is, this is not a real thing. We have to stop this. You can see it. You really can see it. So let me grab a couple of these if I can. All right. Uh, let's see here. Um, Brandon says, you can be right about something and be a socialist. This is a great show. Yes, it's true. You can still be, yes. And that is that you can still be smart and be wrong, right? You can be both. You can be wrong. Jonathan says, Ben Sisko was the best captain. Uh, Sisko, for those of you who know, Deep Space Nine. So yeah, um, hardcore. He, he was the hardest core captain since Kirk. Kirk was a hardcore captain for you geeks. Kirk was a hardcore captain. The next two captains weren't hardcore. Right, they just they weren't. Um, but Cisco was. Cisco was like, I right, guess we bombing people. <laughs> it's fine. I guess we're doing that then. All good. Uh, Chris says, I heard you use the example in a previous podcast. Yes, and use it as an analogy on my Facebook just yesterday. Thank you. I love that you are breaking it down. Shared. That's my thank you, Chris. I appreciate that. Yes, 
Joel, mainstream media has been making up stories to upset pe people. Yes, and that's for a false loss. Yeah, when it's not real, 100%. Liberty Shamraka says, when six major corporations own what we listen, read, and watch on TV, it only makes sense the conditioning came from there. I wish you were wrong, but it's true. Absolutely. It keeps happening. So, yes. Um, the Orange Sox 915 says, good good stuff, Larry. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yes. Um, I'm not going to respond what your name is. Something 747. Current Star Trek isn't right about anything. Yeah, I, I haven't watched much of the current Star Trek. It's on Paramount now, I think, right? So, I think I have to watch that. Some people tell me it's good. I'm not necessarily uh, upset about that. Some people tell me it's good. We'll figure it out. But I want to, if I can, go to the next piece. And this piece brings up how we fight internally. And again, this is 1968. And be clear, 1968. So let me, this is, now they're figuring out that this is an alien. They figured it out now. It's an alien. The alien is controlling us. They've now figured this out, that the alien is controlling us. They get it. The alien is controlling us now. And so now they're trying to figure this out and say, how do we deal with this issue? The Klingons aren't our, our enemy. We got to stop the alien, the elite. I didn't say that. A brother that never existed. Mm -hmm. A phantom colony. Imaginary yep. distress calls. Yep. The yeah. Imaginary distress calls. Imaginary brothers. Yeah. I don't know. The Lusitania, Tonkin Bay. Weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. Hmm? Yeah. Creation of these weapons. Mm -hmm. Do you sense a pattern, Mr. Spock? I sense one. If the alien is creating these events. Yeah. It is apparently capable of manipulating matter and mind. Yes. Specifically, as Liberty Shamrocker said, manipulating minds. Yes. The elites keep doing this, right? So all of a sudden now there's a problem and we shift into culture wars. We now shift into culture wars that are fixing any problem. We'll manipulate you and believe that your culture is being attacked. Your group is being attacked. And now it has control of the enterprise. And or our nation. Out of the galaxy. Yeah. Why? Captain, I am constrained to point out that since minds are evidently being influenced. Yeah. I cannot know at this moment whether our own memories are mm -hmm. completely accurate and true. This is literally our history, isn't it? We can't be tr sure if when we're talking about our own history, what parts are, be are we being taught, particularly in school, but in, in, in media too, which parts are accurate and which parts are true? It's hard to know, isn't it? Particularly as the Shamrocker says, are we being manipulated? We must talk to Kang. Talk? Oh, Let's talk. Choice of terms, Let's talk. To our enemies. Who was talking about that? Who's always saying, why don't we talk to our enemies? Why don't we reach across the aisle? Why don't we talk to Democrats, Republicans? Hmm. Maybe that's the right answer. And what does Spock say? That's so easy. However, it is notoriously difficult. Yes, it is. Truce with the Klingons once blood has been drawn. Now, remember that. It's notoriously hard once blood has been drawn. Agreed. Yes. But difficult doesn't mean impossible. And if you want to actually fix something, you've got to talk. Mr. Spock's right. Truce. Are you serious? I've got men in sick bay. Mm -hmm. Some of them dying. Yep. Atrocities committed on their person. By the way, those two people on the left, Kirk and Spock, they're becoming libertarians right now. 
And as he started becoming libertarians, Dr. McCoy walking in, he's basically any Republican or Democrat. You can't make peace with the Russians and or the Chinese and or the Iraqis and or the Iranians and or ISIS insert evil person here. They're evil and they have atrocities and they're monsters. It doesn't matter. Insert the group that we're supposedly at war with now. And this guy is any Democrat or Republican, depending on who's president. If he's a Republican president, then it's Republicans. If it's Democrat president, it's Democrats. In theory, Democrats are supposed to be anti-war, but that went out the window about 15, 20 years ago. Then that's gone. Talk about making peace with these fiends. These fiends? Kill us. Yeah, we can't surrender. You know what they'll do. We got to fight them over there, or they're going to have to fight them right here, of course. Slave labor, death planets, experiments. Of course. While you're talking, they're planning attacks. See that? Fight to the death. Fight to the death? Of course it is. There's no other way around it but kill everybody. But the sad part is now we're thinking about that internally. That's the bigger issue. First, they create the enemy outside. Then it becomes inside. We'd better start trying to win it. Yeah. We are attempting to end it, Doctor. End it. By reason, preferably. Did you hear that? We're trying to end it. With reason, preferably. Now, you would think that if you told someone that normally, hey, I'd like to end the fighting with reason, preferably. You would think someone would say, hey, Larry, that makes a lot of sense. We should end something with reason. We should kill less people. That makes total sense. We should have less destruction, less bombing, less all these things. That would be a wonderful idea, right? Insert Democrat or Republican. Which may have created the situation. Mm -hmm. Who cares what started? Who cares? We're in it. Murderers. We should wipe out every one of them. There we go. Doesn't matter. Who cares if the elite started it? Let's wipe out the left or wipe out the right. Who cares if they started this war in Iraq for no reason, Afghanistan for 20 years? We're in it now. Wipe them all out. Keep fighting. Fight to the death. This is any, any, yes. You've seen this person before. The alien He's a real threat. That's that's the enemy. Sick bay calling doctor. He's getting ready to yell at him. More wounded men requiring your attention. See that? How many more men must die before yeah. you two begin to act like military men? Not a man. You guys are fools. You don't want to fight and kill everybody. You guys are fools. That's literally what he's thinking. And there are so many people you see today thinking exactly that. And you saw it when, when I was... Uh, when I was having my discussion with Destiny, you saw it in a lot of the comments. This guy's crazy to think we can, you know, pull out of Afghanistan. He's nuts that we could talk to the Germans to try to end World War II early. How stupid is he? He's a fool. That's what people thought about me. So people thought about every president who's tried to end anything. They thought, that's the end. What these guys are idiots. Why would you talk? Why would you? Remember, they were, oh, you can't, you can't talk to uh, North Korea. You can't talk to Iran. You're a fool. They're going to kill us. No, no. We could talk to all of them. It doesn't, it doesn't mean talking to your enemy does not mean surrendering. It means still fighting or defending yourself, of course. But you could also talk. You could do both. Talking is a critical piece. We should always be talking. That's how you end these things. Now, here's a part that gets even worse. Now you have it to where they're fighting the Klingons. Doesn't matter. Fight to the death. That's the end. But now what if you're the one who doesn't want to fight to the end? What if you don't agree with who the enemy is? 
What if you're a Democrat and you don't agree that Trump is the enemy, that he is the enemy no matter what, if you don't agree with that? What if you don't? What if you're a Democrat and you don't agree that every Republican is evil? What if you're a Republican and you don't agree that all Democrats are socialists and they're all evil? What if you don't? What happens then? Yeah, watch this right now and you'll see how this is what happens when you disagree. down to emergency manual control, try to protect our life support circuits and auxiliary power. <laughs> I can't. And here comes Scott. Check over the late captain. I'm glad they thought. We should have left those fuzz-faced goons in the transporter. Fuzz-faced goons. That is the equivalent in 1968 of a racial slur. Right? So now I've called these other people a racial slur. Of course I have. Non-existence. We should wipe them all out. Yeah. Now they can study the enterprise and our technology to theirs. Change the balance of power. Change the balance of power. You've jeopardized the Federation. You race traitor. That's what he's just said. Keep your Vulcan hands off me. Keep your Vulcan hands off me. Yeah. See? You're not one of us. That now becomes the next piece. You're not one of us. Just keep away. Your feelings might be hurt. Your, Your feelings might be hurt. Feelings don't matter. Green-blooded half-breed. Your green-blooded half-breed. Yeah, I've heard that one before. But yes, now it's racial slurs. That comes out next. Haven't you seen that? Haven't you watched it happen here in our own country? Haven't you watched that happen in your own communities and neighborhoods? One more time, this is 1968. May I say that I have not thoroughly enjoyed serving with humans? Yeah. I find their illogic and foolish emotions constant irritant. Look at how dismissive. So the far right extremist yells, you're half-breed, green-blooded. And the extremist leftist goes, Psh, I'm so much better than you, you deplorables. You people are nothing. Yeah, this is 60 years ago, or 55 years ago, whatever it is. 50 some odd years ago is what this is right now. And we got the far left and the far right insulting each other the way they do. Then transfer out. Then get out of my country. He just said that. Freak. You freak. It's my country. That's what he's saying. Summer. Now they got to fight each other. He's being the logical one. He's been the logical one. Now, here's the best part of this entire back and forth. As terrible as that was, and again, this is many years ago, yet we're seeing it right now, right? You've seen people say, basically swap spots right here. And watch what Kirk has to do, which is what makes him or anyone a great leader. What makes him or anyone, if you strive to be a good leader, you should follow this right now. I try my best to follow this. What are we doing to each other? Looking internally, not blaming the outside, but saying, what are we doing to each other? We've been under stress before. See that? We've been under stress before. That's not an excuse. 
Stress is not an excuse for this self-destruction. It's not. People get stressed. We all get stressed. You do, I do, we all do. So now I get to destroy people in my world? No. Yep. This is war. There isn't any war. Did you hear that? This is war. War on drugs. War on terror. Yeah. War on poverty. War is the excuse for anything. But this is war. So now I can be a jerk. Now I can be horrible. Now I can be racist. Now I can be bigoted. Now I can slaughter men, women, and children. Now I can bomb anybody. Doesn't matter if I'm Democrat or Republican. I can I can create policies that are racist. I can be openly racist. I can bomb people. I can start wars. I can destroy the poor. I can support I can create a police state that no one can survive in, no matter what. I can do all those things. Everything you hate, I can do now. I can take all your rights. Of course I can. It's war. That excuses everything. Or is it? Mm-hmm. He went right to defend ourselves. We're under attack. Mm. We've been trained to think in other terms than war. Yes, we have. We've been trained to think in other other ways than war. Jonathan, I got to put your comment up. It's so good. Jonathan says, now I can dehumanize anyone. Thank you, Jonathan. Exactly right. It's war. So now I can dehumanize anyone. In a war on poverty, I can dehumanize the poor. In a war on uh, racism, I can dehumanize race. In a war on terror, I can dehumanize American citizens and other people, other people who I want to bomb. Yes, thank you. So good. Thank you. Exactly right. We've been trained to fight its causes if necessary. Yes, fight its causes. And why are we behaving like a group of savages? Look at me. Number one thing he just said, look at me. He looked at himself and said, look at me. If I'm going to stand here and point my finger at you, then I got to point my finger at me first. And you've heard me say that a thousand times. I point my finger at you. I do. 100%. I point my finger all the time. And if I'm going to point my finger at you, then I got to point it at me first. I have to. Otherwise, who the hell am I to point my finger at anybody? Look at me. Yes. Two forces. Mm-hmm. Aboard the ship. Yep. Each of them equally armed? Yes. Has a war been staged for us? Yeah, it has. Yes, my friend, it has. A war has been staged for you. And I would ask everyone watching, everyone listening, has a war been staged for us? Yes. Yes. Captain Kirk is right. Absolutely. Captain Kirk is right. I am trying my best, as you see, to talk to everything, to everyone, to everybody, to every group, so that we don't allow this war to be staged for us. We don't have to fight each other. It's not required. But we're jumping in like there's no tomorrow. We're fighting each other like there's no tomorrow. And we're falling for this left-right paradigm. The war staged for us. While the enemy above, which are the elites who run this country, and I don't mean it is an intimate conspiratory issue, but let me walk down conspiracy for a second. 
if you think about this right now, doesn't it make sense that people would believe in conspiratory ideas and theories? Of course. Why not? This is what's happening to us. Why wouldn't they believe there's someone behind pulling the strings? Of course they would. We've created an environment to where it makes sense. Complete with weapons and ideology. Ideologies? Patriotic drum beating. Patriotic drum beating? Ideology? Even, even race hatred. Even race hatred. 1968. Ideology. Patriotic drum beating, race hatred. Are we not seeing that now? You guys see why I so often have used this specific episode, by the way, named Day of the Dove. For those of you who haven't seen it, it's season three of the original Star Trek. That's why I've used this, this one, this episode so many times as an example. It's one of my favorite episodes because of this. It is so apropos to today. Yeah. Yeah. Between left and right. Yeah. Between the West and the East. Between America and the rest of the world. Yes. Apparently, it is by design. Yeah. That we fight. Yes, it is, Mr. Spock. You are correct. Because if we're busy fighting each other, we don't make any change, do we? If we're busy fighting each other, we don't actually make things better. We don't. We just make things worse. Yes, Bach, you're right. We seem to be pawns. Yes. Yes. And what are the rules? Now, this part he brings up because when people figure out, my God, we're, 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 we're pawns. Once we figure that out, now he goes, what's the rules? Who's in charge? Literally, conspiracy theory. And the funny part is, in this case, one of them is, it's an alien. So guess what? Maybe some of the conspiracy theories we're talking about, maybe one of them's real. Maybe they are. It's most urgent that we locate the alien entity immediately. Yes. And determine its motives. Yes. And a method for halting its activities. Yes, and a method for halting its activities. That would be a good idea. All our power down. All our power down. Thing can go anywhere. Yes. And that's the point I wanted to bring up. With all of that happening, they're in a spot where now they're really in trouble. And the only way that they could absolutely fix this in any way, shape, or form is to actually talk to the enemy. They have to get the enemies to work together. If they don't, there's no chance for success. And that's the biggest issue. There's no chance for them to actually succeed. That's the issue. So... Let me grab a couple comments if I can. Dan says, I find it easier to talk to conspiracy theorists than I do with people of total faith in the media and government. Ooh, interesting. Okay, I got. I want to hear this. Okay. On three out of four points, we agree. There we go. So that's, Dan, valid point. Um, yes, the government's too big and powerful. Yes, they do lie to us on a regular basis. True and true. And yes, people will do anything to hang on to power. Yes. I just don't believe some of the highly sophisticated plots that give these people a godlike omniscience. It's a great point, right? The, the point I always say with 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 um, conspiracy theories is sometimes it's 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 just chance. It's just people trying to do things and things fall into place. It's just us trying to find things that connect. 
Sometimes that's true. Sometimes not, but sometimes it's true. Uh, Jonathan says, not many realize that in the 1940s, the underlying current of warfare was that Japanese, the Japanese had their produce growing land taken at the behest of farming unions. Oh, okay. All because of jealousy and racism. Nothing to do with fifth column fears. I didn't know that's interesting. Yeah, you know, I, I could I could definitely see that. I could see it. So, yeah, I could see that. Juan says, hey, Larry, turning, uh, tuning out my college class and listening to you, real education. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate that. That's great. Yes. Ryan says, unity is never politically advantageous. Ooh, it's a very valid point, right? It's not 100% true. I mean, it's almost always true. But unless you are the peacemaker, in which case, that's all you can do. There is nothing left except that, right? Otherwise, we have to keep fighting back and forth. Just, it's, it's tough. So I want to grab the last part of this if I could. This is towards the end, right? This is when now Kirk has gone to the Klingons and he's ready to be captured because he's like, I got to talk to you. I have to talk to you. There's no way that I can't because this alien's going to kill us. And when he goes to talk to the, the leader, the, the alien leader's name is Kang, right? Uh, I'm sorry. The Klingon leader's name is Kang. He's going to deal with them. They see the alien. They physically see the alien there. And he's like, what are we going to do to make this work? And watch what he has to do to make this work. It's almost in a way Gandhi-esque, in a way. Maybe I'm exaggerating with that. But anyway, you'll see. Fighting. Viola. An alien has total control over Total control of us while we're fighting. See that? Great special effects. I'm kidding. Get still fighting. Watch the alien. He's mad. He's like, I'm done. He literally throws his weapon. He's like, I'm done. I'm not fighting for this guy anymore. I'm not dying for this. I'm not doing it. All right. Watch. Go ahead. All right. In the heart, in the head. I won't stay dead. Next time I'll do the same to you. I'll kill you. And it goes on and on. Good old game of war. Pawn against pawn. Do you hear that? Good old game of war. Pawn against pawn. Now, obviously, in our life, really, if Captain Kirk gets killed, he's not going to come back. But in reality, how this actually works in reality is when they kill a bunch of our people, we just send more. When we kill a bunch of their people, they just raise more. That's the reality. In this case, it's the same people coming back because it's the magic of the alien. But in reality, we don't have magic aliens. But we do have a culture that will just keep producing more warriors. As we bomb the terrorists, they just keep recruiting more terrorists. As they kill and maim our soldiers and Marines, we just send more soldiers and Marines. This part's 100% true. And nothing wins. Nobody wins. The fact that people would say still to this day, uh, we got to stay in uh, Afghanistan. And, you know, it's, it's hard. It's, you know, it's, it's a sustainable war and, and we can stay and we want to have the power and strength across the country, across the world. What you're saying is you don't mind if we keep sending our poor to die in foreign wars to come back with broken brains and broken bodies. Now, not only the poor go, obviously, obviously many people join, but we all know a big chunk of it is poor. That's You're okay with that? Being a pawn? Using no pa those pawns for your advantage? I'm not. Stopping the bad guys. The bad guys. While somewhere, some thing sits back and laughs. Look at that. Always stopping the bad guys. 
Who's the bad guy today? Is it the Russians, the Chinese, the Iranians, the Koreans? Let's go keep killing ourselves. The Afghanis, the Taliban, ISIS, who's the bad guy? Any of them, while someone sits back and laughs. And starts it all over again. Yep. Did you hear what Spock just said? Those who hate and fight must stop themselves. That's what he just said. I got to go back. That's so goddamn good. Those who hate and fight must stop themselves. Did I mess it up? Hold on. Here we go. All over again. Those who hate and fight must stop themselves, doctor. Otherwise, it is not stopped. Those who hate and fight must stop themselves. Otherwise, it's not stopped. Which means, how do you get people to stop fighting? They don't want to fight anymore. How do you get wars to stop happening? It's not profitable anymore. How do you get people to stop hating? It doesn't help them anymore. You have to get them to stop hating and stop fighting. Otherwise, you just delay it. Otherwise, you just make sure that it just takes, you know, and you wait five years, they fight again. You wait 10 years, they fight again. They have to want to stop fighting. Larry, it never happens. I'm going to give you a decent example. Germany. Decent example. After World War I, the people didn't want to stop fighting. Their countries weren't bombed. Nothing happened. In fact, they just wanted more anger. And again, World War II happens. After World War II, the Germans finally said, we don't, we don't want to fight anymore. If you think that's, that's just me making up, they haven't had a war. Watch German movies, watch German media, right? Watch American movies and me media and watch anything to do with war. It, with, with the exception of recently, maybe Saving Private Ryan was kind of a turning point. It began to change a bit, a bit, but even not that much, but a bit. American war movies, almost always, there's some exceptions, but almost always, glory, powerful, America wins, war is glorious, have to be, the other people are always evil. Watch German war movies. At the end, it's this. This is obviously post World War II. At the almost end of almost every German war movie, it is the futility of war. How stupid it is how useless it is. How it grants us nothing. They don't want to fight anymore, and that's a good thing. We should probably follow that. We should not want to fight so much. That's the only way you stop is by not wanting to fight. I am your wife. Yep. I'm a Klingon. I would not lie for them. And this is the point I bring up all the time. Why in the world would I want to bring people from the left into our movement? Why would I want to bring people from the right into our movement? Right here. He's not sure. He's like, is this Kirk guy still lying to me? He's one of the evil people. I want to hack him up with my sword still. And she's like, I'm one of you. What are you talking about? I'm one of you. And I believe this guy. I'm one of you. Why would I lie to you? Why won't you... Listen to this guy. Well, if we have more people from the right and the left in our movement, when they go back to the right and the left and say, hey, listen to these libertarians. I'm one of you and I listen to them. They might listen. I want more people from the right and more people from the left to come into our movement so that when they go back to their older movements or maybe even current many places in their current movements, I'm happy to share all of you. So that you go back to your, your, your current movement, you say, look, I'm one of you. These libertarians are making some sense. Listen, listen. 
And in the end, the only way they get rid of this alien, and I'll stop punishing you now. The only way they get rid of this alien is when they together decide to simply stop fighting. I want to be clear on this. When they stop fighting, they don't all of a sudden become best friends. They still have, excuse me, a lot of issues. They still have a lot of distrust. They still have a lot of concerns and they're still leery with each other. It isn't all of a sudden have more. Now we have peace and we're friends. It's not what happens. But what does happen? They realize they have a common enemy and they simply stop fighting. I would ask us as Americans, start thinking about that. Can we simply stop fighting? We're going to have disagreements. We're not going to agree on everything. We're going to be very much against each other in certain areas, but we can stop fighting. We can instead stop making a world that's a better world for us. That's the most important piece, a better world for us. Let me uh, grab a couple comments if I could. I know we have tons of them here. Um, Jonathan says, Hoover said any potential saboteurs were either arrested or would be. Yeah, I mean, this is, you, once you're against the enemy, you know, that can do whatever I want. Brian says, I'm sorry, once you're the enemy, I can do whatever I want. Conspiracy. The Masons are trying to bring out, uh, bring about uh, NWO, for those who don't know, a new world order. My response, as old as the Masons are, they must really be bad at taking over the world. I would agree. If the, if the Masons are going to take over the world, man, they're slow. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, Jonathan says, those are some floppy swords. For those who don't know the, the background of Star Trek, um, Star Trek was made on an absolute shooting budget. I mean, they were, and you can tell, <laughs> clearly. But for the 60s, again, if you're looking at the time frame, it was a great show for the 60s, right? If you look at the time frame, it was amazing. Um, and, you know, not too shabby. You got no cool effects. You got hardly any money. Those swords were probably literally like, Hey, you in Studio Eight, you're doing a, a Roman thing, whatever. You got some extra swords? They went, Yeah, we got some extra swords. And they grabbed them. And obviously, the swords were floppy, and the clang, clang, clang was probably special effects, you know, put in later. It's true. But again, try to look at the uh, the storytelling if you can, Jonathan. Yes. John says, Yep, generation after generation of war to avenge. We've been in Afghanistan for a generation now. Yeah. Right? I mean, how many people have to die before we stop? I agree. Dan says, hey, this is 1968. It's all models, lighting, and film splicing. Yeah. See, thank you. It is. No CGI. In that context, the great special effects. Agreed. Right? When you compare this to what else was around, oh, my God, this show is amazing when you compare it to other shows around. Just really. Yes. Absolutely. Um, let's see here. Um, Jonathan says, the poor or poor looking to be Americans. Ah, Jonathan, you are killing it, man. Yes. Another great thing, there are many immigrants who come to America and and have joined or have in the past and till to this day, but have in the past joined joined the military to prove their loyalty, maybe to themselves, to others or whatever, and to and to fast track citizenship. Some of you may or may not know this, but I think it's still true. It was when I came in the Marine Corps um, in the 80s. When I came in, there were still a lot of people who were running away from the communist nations. Uh, and that time it was Romania and um, the Soviet Union, obviously. Poland, they would run from other nations and try to uh, and escape. And when they would come here uh, as asylum seekers, many of them would join the army or join the Marine Corps or join because they wanted to fast track citizenship. And I assume that's still true today. I actually don't know if it is, but in the 80s, that was true. If you if you served a tour in the Marine Corps or in the military in general, I don't know the Marine Corps, but in the, in the military, it would fast track your citizenship. 
So <clears throat> that was one of the things they would do. They would, they would prove their loyalty by fighting for the country. And it's still true to this day. The Civil War was filled with this. Some of you people don't know this, but the North particularly had entire units that only spoke German. Entire units that only spoke German because there were so many German immigrants who were joining the ranks of the Union Army to show, prove their loyalty to fight that it, the units the units were giving orders in German. And to this day, by the way, um, our uh, artillery and our um, marching manual comes from Prussians. To this day, in America to this day, still Prussian-based. So, which of course is German-based because Germany wasn't the country until 1861. Most, uh, I'm sorry, 1871, right? Um, yes, 1871. 18, Germany wasn't the country until 1871. So it didn't even exist until 1871. So there we go. Uh, Sam says, my biggest concern is that children's schools are being conscripted by tyrants to suppress and control the population. Ooh. Also very good. Yes, I think you're right. Yeah. That is why the left and right are now very pro every war, physical and cultural. Yeah, everyone's fighting. You're right. Everyone, it's almost like we all have to have a mission or a purpose that's greater than our own. Yeah, we do. We kind of do. And that's become the one. Yeah, that's true. Nalip says, there are soldiers overseas that weren't even born yet when these wars started. Sadly true. Yes, we've been in Afghanistan since what, 2002? Did we actually go in 2001 or 2002? One of the two. So now you could be 19 years old, 18 years old, and many soldiers and sailors are. Marines are 18, 19 years old, and you weren't even born yet when, when it happened. Absolutely. 100%. So I do want to, if I can, real fast, say, guys, if you like what I'm doing, please like, comment, and share. Uh, it does matter. If you thought it was interesting, and I hope I gave you something interesting and cool to think about. Just some, and, and I gave you a part of me. I'm a big Star Trek fan. I have been for years. I watched this. For those of you who might know New York City, I watched this WPIX New York, which was Channel 11. Back when you only had the turn channels. When you, I didn't have cable back then in the 70s. And I watched it every night at 6 p.m. When my mom got home from work, she would bring me home from the babysitter. Or I'd sometimes just be home on my own. And I remember I'd come back, get something to eat, and sit back and watch Star Trek from 6 to 7 p.m. And I didn't understand what syndication was. So I thought it was a live show because I was too little. I was a kid. I thought, wow, this is great. They keep making it. And then when they, uh, repeat people come on, I'd be like, they did the same show again. Like, I didn't get that. This is what? I didn't understand syndication. So I just thought it was live shows all the time. I know it seems kind of dumb, but I was a kid. Uh, in any case, um, please like, comment, share. I appreciate it. If you like what I'm doing, support the show. Head over to patreon.com slash sharpway. Throw me 10, 25, 100 bucks, whatever you can afford. 10 bucks a month is amazing. The more you can give, the more we can do. You guys may not know this, but if you click that link, tree link in the description, we got podcasts. You can listen to this while you're doing your homework or something, mowing your lawn. Listen to this podcast. We got uh, we got TikTok. Yeah, we do. TikTok. Come on. We got shortwave clips, which is little clips you can send to your friends. All types of stuff. If you want to support us, head over there. And this is what helps us to do that. And lastly, please, today, we're talking about civil disobedience. Yeah, we are. Fight the power. So great. Head over to this link right here, theadvocates.org. Take your protest and civil disobedience survey. Take that survey, finish it, and then share it and let people know how you feel. And they will show you how other people feel. Where are you in, re in relation to other people, other people who are taking the same survey, mostly Americans, a bunch of libertarian, but not only. The more you share it, the more non-libertarians take it, the more they understand who we are and what we're thinking. So please take this survey or 
head over to patreon.com slash sharpway, throw me some cash. Either way, though, like, comment, share, regardless of what you want to do. It is great. So, all right, let's see if I grab a couple more here. Um, oh, a lot more uh, things are popping up. I appreciate all the comments that are popping up very much so, so much. All right, let me grab a couple more if I can. Um, Jimmy says, telling those in the left and right to quick fighting is like pulling an animal out of a cat and dog fight. And if you saw, that's what actually was happening. If you watched Captain Kirk in the in the show I just showed, he's literally getting between, right? Two guys and like, stop it. He's ready, they're ready to beat him up because he's trying to stop them from fighting. You're right. Jimmy, our task is not an easy one. It's not an easy one. I still feel it's the only answer. I, I can't see another answer, but yes. Brian says, Vietnam was unpopular, in my opinion, largely because it was the first war that was broadcast uncensored and almost live. People saw the horrors of war and didn't like it. I think you're totally right, Brian. Um, there were many reasons why they hated Vietnam. One is because we couldn't see victory. The, the people couldn't understand what victory was because there wasn't. It was a war to fight just to fight a war. It was nation building or whatever the hell it was. When we were fighting the Japanese, the Germans, we all knew we're island hopping and moving towards the capital. We're in invading Italy and invading France and moving towards Berlin, right? It was obvious we could see it, right? Even if they were Korea, the Korean War, we we're moving towards, you know, Pyongyang and going to cross and attack the Chinese. Like we could get it. But then once it became this kind of sitting there and doing nothing war, that's when we were like, oh, no, that's not sexy and cool. And we can't have victories. We don't like that at all. It, it took the... It took the glory out of it for the non-soldier sailor marine and added the horrors. I think you're right. Yes. So Sam says, kids have gone to school with Columbine, active shooters, and non-stop existential threats, 9-11. My generation grew up mostly in peaceful times before all of this, but maybe we were the exception. You know, I, I, it's, a, it's a good point, right? Is that an issue? See, I, I look at the things I grew up with. Um, I grew up with, I mean, I grew up in the 70s and the 80s is when I grew up. So I grew up with um, the gas shortages. I grew up with Watergate. I grew up with Iran-Contra. Uh, I grew up with the Challenger exploding. That's kind of my world. Well, I was older for Challenger exploding, but in that area, right? That's where I grew up in. And I think I was, I was accustomed to a Cold War, right? That's where I grew up in Cold War mentality. The Soviets were the bad guys and, you know, Rocky fought the Soviet, the Russian guy, right? That's, that's where I grew up. Um, so I think that's where my head is. But I don't know. I feel like the kids, even though I grew up with that, I feel like in my world, my my peer group, my TV, my thing that I grew up with, it wasn't hammered in my head 24-7. It was this bad thing happened. And now it didn't go back to life. I think with Columbine and 9-11, it's like, never forget. We got to feel scared forever. Be scared forever. Um, I, maybe that's a difference, Sam. Is that the difference? That now we're encouraged to be afraid forever, never forget? Is that it? Maybe. I don't know. Jason says, we need everyone who's interested in reducing the scope of government and wants to promote liberty. Yes, Jason. Yes. It doesn't matter if they're left, right, or center. We can argue over who is a true libertarian once you vote in the, the duopoly. Jason, I'm in. Yes, my friend. I am in. A hundred percent. I'm in. Let's do that. You see me trying to do that. I hope others will copy 100%. Josh, Star Trek was almost revolutionary for that time. It was. Some of you may or may not know, it was the first 
uh, televised interracial kiss that happened. It was Uhura and Captain Kirk. The first interracial kiss happened on Star Trek, and they were almost canceled because of it. It's like, what? You can't have that? Oh, my God. Yeah, absolutely. So um, Elastic Rap says, Star Trek-inspired flip phones, automatic sliding doors. So you have to give it props. Yes, not just flip points and also floppy disks. In 1968, they had the 3.5 disks. They had those uh, floppy disks back then, which, of course, not one uses. But they did that. Flip phones. They got, In fact, when I got my first flip phone and you have the voice command, I would call my friend. And I, would, I wouldn't go like, call John. I would click and go, Kirk Spock. Because I'm such a geek, I would say that and it would call my friend. That's what I would do. So, yes, I agree completely. Sliding doors, all that stuff. Uh, Star Trek was ahead of its time. Without question, it was. I'm such a geek, I know. Sorry, you guys are like, what? Jonathan says, what about the DS9 episode, which is Deep Space Nine, where Cisco shoots trilithium into a planet's atmosphere that is the home to a Maquis colony to stop or response? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I was saying. Thank you, Jonathan. I I forget Deep Space Nine. I mean, it was 20 years ago, more? Deep Space Nine was 90s, right? Like, hold on. The original started was 60s. Uh, Next Generation was 80s. Deep Space Nine was 90s. Am I getting my time frame right? I think that's correct. I saw a lot of those after the fact. Um, I lived in Japan for many years. Uh, so I was teaching in Japan, during, I think, during that time frame, if I'm not mistaken. So I didn't see all of them. I, I came back and watched all of those. But Cisco was the most, he was hardcore. I agree. He was a hardcore uh, captain. He was hardcore like Captain Kirk was. Absolutely. Yes. So, all right. Um, Michael says, there's a great quote from an Iranian author. I hope I say it right. Marjani Satrapi. Too big for the comments, but basically the difference between people is smaller than the difference between a person and government. Ooh, nice. And then he says, and the quote ends, and our governments are very much the same. Michael, that's a good quote to find. I'm going to copy that. I'm going to find that one. That's a very good one. I like that. Yes. Keith says, General Stoibin. Yes. How do you know that, Keith? Well done, Stoibin. Yes. Prussian general. Was he a general or was he a colonel? maybe, but he was Von Storben. He was a Von, V-O-N. He was Von Storben. He was a, he was of, um, the, all the Germanic prince, principalities then, most of the officer corps in those days were, were somehow members of a noble class in some way. Very classes, obviously. It's, it's 18th, 17th, 18th century, uh, Germany, Germanic states, not even Germany, Germanic states. Many of them were, you know, uh, son of a prince or of a baron or a lord. So he was actually Von Storben. But yes, correct. Well done. Either like that. Nicely done. Um, see if I grab something. Um, someone's got a hot topic. All right, hot topic. Should the providers of broadband, which have horrible record of customer service, security, and transparency, do a regional monopolies? Sure. Um, uh, um, they already do have regional monopolies. Mm-hmm. Should the providers of broadband, which have horrible record of transparency, do do to regional monopolies? Sure. I'm not sure where you're going with that one. Um, but, um, what I'm going to say is they basically have a cartel system. They're terrible at what they do. I don't necessarily blame them for being angry though, to be forward, Mr. Uh, Pravda. Um, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't, I'm not really angry at them for that part because they thought they were buying a monopoly. They did, right? They said, oh, we're going to buy a monopoly. Here's our money. Give us a monopoly. And that was the deal they thought they had with the government. But then satellite came. And then broadband and whatever else came, right? And then cable came and blah, blah, blah. Came. And everything's coming together with them and they don't have a monopoly anymore. And so now they're in trouble. 
because their business plan was based upon having monopoly and do whatever they want. The customer service was, I'll do what I want. You got me or nothing. So yeah, the idea that we would say, let's have these monopolies give good service. Wow, that's stupid. That has worked exactly never. Never. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm, I'm not sure where you were with that one. I apologize. <laughs> All right. Jonathan says, Larry, now draw out some libertarian points from Arthur C. Clarke's book, um, uh, book written while also being made a movie in 2001, A Space Odyssey. I'll wait. Um, all right. You know what? Now you. OK. See, Jonathan, this is on you now. I'm going to blame you now. I'm going to wind up doing uh, some movie night stuff like this. I will do something like this. I will maybe once a week, once a month, whatever. I will do something like this. I'll do like a sci-fi something or whatever. And if you don't like it, Jonathan, maybe I could blame Jonathan. It's his fault. But I'm going to do it. I'm teasing, John. Thank you so much for even caring. I totally appreciate that. So, yes. All good. Yes. Steve says, great writing on Star Trek. Yes. Some of the best writing around. It was really good. Yes. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let's see if I can get this here. Um, free market getting us into space the fastest. Um, I think it is. Right. I, I think. Is it a free market? That's the only thing. I might go private companies. I'm not sure if I would call what. Elon Musk is doing the free market. But I get your point, Byron. I do. Um, maybe on that part. So, yes. Drew says, great show today. Thank you, Larry. Appreciate that. Absolutely. Yes. Nalik says, man, I don't even have a TikTok and I'm a millennial. Better get better up your game. See that? You better up your game. Doing my best. Yeah, I, I'm trying. I'm trying to make sure things happen. I've got to twitch all these things. And all these things take time and money, which is why I bug you guys for support. It's why I bug you for support because I'm trying to cross over and show more and talk about more and, and have more impact. And that takes cash. So either please guys head over to patreon.com, throw me 10 bucks a month. It's awesome. If you think you want me to keep doing this, do that. If not, no worries. Take that protest and civil disobedience survey and click that link that's in the description. Take that survey, finish it. It's like five minutes. Take it, finish it and, and share it. That my sponsors love it. They keep giving me the sponsorship. If you keep doing it, so you doing it, you don't, have to, you don't have to give me a check. You don't got to run me any money. No, don't worry about it. Do this and we're good. So either one, I appreciate both of them. I appreciate both of them. So thank you for the, the comment. I see if I can grab this one here. Um, Michael uh, J. Long says, how about Larry Sharp custom OGs? I got to start that piece, I guess, next, right? <laughs> there we go. Uh, Sam says, one of my favorite episodes in all the series was the drumhead in TNG. For those of you who are TNG, that's the next generation and I'm sorry, I'm such a geek that I know that. I shouldn't know this stuff, Sam, but I do. Uh, it shows how powerful othering is, how the justice system gets abused by rampant accusation and suspicion. All right, so now I got to check that one out. All right, see, I got to check that one out now. You guys are making me go crazy. Yes. Byron says, yeah, me too. Cold War Reagan times. It wasn't that fun. I agree. My first commander-in-chief when I was a Marine was Ronald Reagan. That's my first commander-in-chief. Absolutely. Paul says, you know that Gene Roddenberry served in the U.S. Uh, Army Air Corps? I did not know that. That's actually pretty cool. I like that. Yes. Uh, let's see here. Yes, D DS9 was the 90s. I thought it was. Exactly. It was the 90s. Yep. Michelle Ann says, I have to watch DS9 on Next Generation every day almost with Jay. I know Jay does like Star Trek. I remember you guys gave me that shirt and he had the, the Star Trek thing on. I remember that. Thank you. I still have the shirt, by the way. So, yes, I, I know he's a big Star Trek fan. Absolutely. Uh, all seasons of Voyager are on YouTube. There we go. Actually, my, my daughter likes has, has a description of Paramount. Plus, so we could probably watch it on Paramount too, I assume. Yeah, because I did see that. 
Ah, Keith, he was a general. Thank you. Von Stubbin was a general. I was unsure. Thank you. He was a general. I appreciate that. D-Space 9 started in 93, lasted seven seasons. There we go. All right, so if I can keep grabbing some of these things. Um, um, apparently, Uhura means freedom in Swahili. Oh, I didn't know that. That's interesting. There's some of you may not know the story about this. Nichelle, um, when she was doing the show, she began being unhappy during the second season. The first second, she was unhappy. She didn't think she was getting enough screen time. She was thinking about leaving. And then she got a phone call. It's a true story. Martin Luther King Jr. called her and said, don't you dare leave that show. Don't you dare leave that show. Stay on that show. Don't you dare leave. And she was like, I'm staying. MLK tells me to stay. It's 1967 or whenever it was. She was like, I'm staying. Done. Done. Martin Luther King Jr. tells you to stay on a show because you matter. It's 1967. You go, I'm in. Done. I'll put up with it. Let's keep going. So she stayed because of that. It's 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 funny. Um, you might want to consider uh, following George Takei. He's quite the liberal, cares a lot, but full of fallacies. Um, look, the, the reality of it is, I don't want to judge the show by every actor in the show, even by Gene Roddenberry. Gene Roddenberry was clearly a socialist. If you look at the next generation, if I remember right, there's no more money in the next generation. If I remember that right, there was there's money in in there's money in in the the original Star Trek world. It's still it's still capitalist society. Right. There's they have credits now. It's called the credit. That's the dollar of the universe or the, of the galaxy it's called the credit. They have it. But all of a sudden now you start moving towards the other ones. Now money's gone and people are just whoever they want, with whatever they want. I don't know where stuff goes, but I guess I guess in his world, he made a libertarian. I'm sorry, libertarian. <laughs> he made a socialist utopia. So, yeah. But I, look, George Takei has a lot of good things in him. The, the, I mean, his family was literally put in a Japanese internment camp in California. He survived. He's a survivor. He was a kid when it happened. He like remembers it still. It actually happened to him. And he was able to you know, get a, a, a pretty important role on a three-year run of a popular TV series. And the best part about it is he never had to do any more work after that. It was so popular. He could just, you know, do cameos and such the rest of his life. So not a bad deal, right? Not a bad deal. That's all. Josh says, movie night sounds fun. Okay, there we go. Got to the the giver is a good sci sci fi movie to discuss. All right, now you guys make me work for this. All right, fine, fine. I'll stop making. I'll stop. I'll stop working for it. Yes, that's funny. Yes. All right, let's see if I can keep going down this road. Uh, Chris Holmes says fiction and particularly sci fi was always a good tool to illustrate a culturally sensitive topic by using fantasy. Star Trek is one of the best examples of that, without question. Yes, absolutely. Star Trek was one of the best at doing that. Touching sensitive issues by not making it the actual sensitive issue but making it well it's not us it's these aliens we made up look they've got funny stuff on their head so therefore it's not us and you can now play it i think it's very true yes absolutely brian says i like the idea of a movie night i challenge you to find one movie about dystopian future where the people have too much liberty <laughs> you know what brian that is absolutely brilliant that's brilliant because you always hear the people who attack libertarians going, and then there'll be this dystopian libertarian thing. But every single dystopian future, there is always, and I mean every time, there was always some horrible, evil leader at the top. I'll give you one. Hold on. I'll give you one. The one that was successful. Terminator. Terminator. 
the government is on top and the government puts Skynet in charge. Skynet takes over the world. That was a government screw up. And who fixes it? A random dude who fights the government by the name of John Connor, who has no actual power, who has no actual rank. They never call him Field Marshal John Connor, General John Connor. He's just John Connor. I just did it, Brian. I just found you one. Dystopian future and the way they win is by having liberty, freedom. That's exactly right. They follow John Connor because they want to follow John Connor. He has no actual authority and he won't shoot you if you don't follow him. Even look at throughout the entire series. At no point does John Connor order anyone to do anything by threat of force. Not once. They follow him because they want to follow him. He is a band of powerful volunteers. In the long run, throughout every movie, they win. In fact, even the guy who goes through in the first movie, volunteer. Nobody was ordered. Thank you, Brian. You gave me a challenge, but I think I came up to it. And that, yes, there we go. I love that. Anything libertarian you can get from Marvel movies or comic books? Probably true. I could try that. Let me see if I'll, I'll look for that also. Jonathan says, I had heard this story about Nichelle Nichols and MLK. Yes, it's been it's been verified by many people. So yes, I believe it to be true. Um, she said it first and then everyone was like, yep, I was there. I heard it. I saw it. Oh, he said so. Everyone talks about it all the time. Yes. So Brandon says, um, can bank interest rates go up to 10% for the younger generation lifetime? 50 year time. I'm not sure if that's for me. I don't, I don't know what you mean. Um, the way things work now, no, we cannot go above 10% ever again. Um, the, the system's too broken. Right, we, we've spent so much time with the Fed throwing money at our system for too many years, particularly since the since the dot com was a bad one. But since 2008, oh my God, we just throw money like this on tomorrow. It's excuse me, almost impossible, almost impossible. Yeah. Uh, Last year, Rap says, I recall Jorsky getting really fed up with the FDR hero worship. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If I was Jorsky, I'm not going to be an FDR fan either. You took my family and threw them in a camp and took all their stuff away. And you know what? Not going to be a fan. Just saying. Not going to be a fan. John says, God forbid we ever get to the point where Fahrenheit 451 becomes reality. My wife brought that up today when I told her I was doing Star Trek. She's like, ooh, do Fahrenheit 451. You guys think I like. I like that. Yes. Um, most of our technology came from the cartoon the Jetsons. Very good. Paula says, cool story. Always love the horror. Michelle Nichols is such a classic beauty and trailblazer. Also true. Absolutely. Yeah. Michelle says, yes, but fantasy back then turned to reality now. Look how much people thought, uh, how much people thought was out there and now we use. 100%. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Brian says, I disagree. The Terminator series shows that Liberty wins. Now that dystopian feature was caused. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Brian, that's not, I misunderstood what you were saying. Um, I mean, okay. We're actually on the same page. I misunderstood what you were saying. So I thought you were saying, show a dystopian future where people have too much liberty. And I was saying, this is one, but the good guys have too much liberty. Or not too much, but more liberty than the bad guys can have, right? They have a lot of liberty. And that's why they're able to beat the machines, right? If the, the, the government military organizations were destroyed by the machines, the government military organizations created the machines and were destroyed by the machines. So government was destroyed. The, you know, the forced structure was destroyed. 
it was the freedom structure, the rebels who were, who were, you know, were, there wasn't even a hierarchy. Even if you go to Star Wars, there was still a hierarchy. It is General Kenobi, General So-and-So. There is still a hierarchy. I think in, in, in the uh, Terminator series, there really isn't one. That's my view, but I get what you're saying. Yes, it wasn't caused by too much liberty. I would say liberty fixed it. That makes sense. So yeah. All right. Um, sometimes when I bring up libertarian ideas, Mad Mask is thrown at me. Yeah, but if you look at the, the 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 Road Warrior movies, there's always a huge guy who's in charge of everything. It's not libertarian at all, at all, right? I mean, humongous, right? In in the Road Warrior, that guy's a horrible dictator, and oh, aren't all of them horrible dictators? I, I don't get it at all. So yeah, they say that, but it's just not true. Just not true. So, uh, see if I can grab this here, if I could. Um, yes, so much sci-fi has people rebelling for freedom against an overbearing collective rule. Yes, and then we keep asking for collective rule. Thank you, Josh. We we keep asking for more collective rule, even though every good sci-fi is about people rebelling against the collective rule. Yeah, exactly. Right, the Borg, right? In 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 Star Trek, literally that, literally that. Of course. So yeah. All right. Um, if I can keep going here. Um, Larry, can you skip the gubernatorial election for president? I appreciate the thought, but we'll see. Uh, I appreciate the thought. Absolutely. That's very good. So, guys, I, I want to say I hope this was interesting. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it made sense. And then we can see that what's happening now has happened before and people thought about it. And we have some work to do. It's what I keep saying. We have some work to do. Absolutely. And I will consider this movie night, TV night thing and see if I can do a couple just like that. Guys, thank you so much. Please like, comment, share. I will see you.